Welcome into Game Static, episode 90 of Nox Live with Spark 3. Hope you're having a phenomenal day today, whatever day you are listening or perhaps watching this podcast over our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Sparky 3. Give us a like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, the second episode in our multiple episodes covering everything that's going on right now with the Summer Game Fest period, formerly known E3 period, Jeff Keighley period, whatever you want to refer to it. I've seen it called like four different names online, how we want to call this. And join with me as always, chat about everything is Zach and John. Boys, how we doing? How we feeling? I mean, I was feeling good till we did whatever the weird skit was we did, but I mean, I guess we're okay. The weird skit before we actually started the show? Yes. <laughs> did a weird skit. Yeah, whatever we just did, yeah. That might make it onto the website as a little bonus feature, so make sure to sign up to sparky3.com and you can get access to maybe some bonus stuff like that. John, how you doing? How are you feeling today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I, I did enjoy just Zach giving me a weird look as I tried to figure out what that orange thing on your desk was there, and it turns out it's just sunglasses. Oh, yeah. Let me go ahead and pop these on. Oops. Shout out to Tyler, co-host of A Terrible Football Show. A Terrible Football Show is coming back on... The 23rd. Actually, my birthday. You're not so. wearing a fucking watch. Shut up, John. But yeah, Terrible Football Show's come back on the 23rd. Uh, and then it'll be back sometime in July. And then be back the beginning of August with live shows. Just like how this show is going to be live at the beginning of July. So shout out to that. It's going to be fun. Uh, with a special surprise, potentially. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see when we get there. Uh, and go follow us over at Twitter. At Games to the Pod. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, that's people, a, people don't use Twitter. That's not true. I use Twitter. He kind of uses Twitter. I'm just going to make you a Twitter. I told you to go ahead and do it. Yeah, I'm just going to make you a Twitter, and it's just going to be just a generic. It'll be that picture of you that I took with the long hair. It doesn't look like me no more. I know it doesn't. I'm going to use that as a profile picture, and I'm just going to simply make like the bio like, John does not run this account. It is just here for simple tagging purposes. Yeah, so I'll probably make that. You know. uh, boys. Summer Game Fest a couple days ago, the kickoff show. Uh, figured, uh, you know, we already had a full episode about that. Episode 89, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to that uh, to get our full reaction on everything of Summer Game Fest. But uh, after sitting on it for a couple days, does anyone have any other thoughts we want to shout out real quick before we move into other stuff? We've got a lot of stuff to chat about today. Uh, Corey, Fire Emblem, some Sonic stuff, Xbox showcase predictions, and Mario Striker, some good convos today. But uh, before we jump into those convos, Summer Game Fest, any other thoughts we want to shout out? I still think it was a good show. Yeah, I know you were a big fan of it, yeah. I, I still think it was a good show. Understanding that most people were kind of underwhelmed with it. But, I mean, my opinion on it still stands. I don't know about you boys. I mean, it was still all right to me. Still more gameplay than I expected. I mean, Warhammer Dark Tide looks good for the next game from the Vermintine team, so. My opinion's still how it was the other day. And my opinion is also still how it was the other day where I feel like the whole, you know, oh, we need E3 back is a knee-jerk reaction. You know, I, E3 would be cool to come back, sure, but I think that mentality of it has to come back. Yeah, fuck Summer Game. I think that's a knee-jerk reaction because this this year has been just mailed in by a lot of developers, so you can't really blame Jeff for the not the the absolute blowout of a show like let's say he had last year. You know what I mean? Or he's had it like Game Awards and shit. So I think that's still a knee-jerk reaction. So my opinion remains the same. Still, it was a fun show, you know, about average. Um, with that said, let's go ahead and jump into stuff. Why don't we start things off with the core, uh, the spiritual successor to a phenomenal game on the PlayStation four until dawn made by the same company, super massive games. Uh, I've only played like the prologue. That's mm-hmm. all I kind of jumped into last night. Had a lot of good vibes about it. I really enjoyed the vibe of the game. Okay. So, you know, number one, they're already knocking that out of the park once again. In fact, I feel like they're even, 
you know, for like the prologue, I feel like they've knocked it out of the park 10 times better than like the beginning of Until Dawn, you know, just to give oh, it easily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just such a great vibe of the game. But you, my friend, you have jumped into this game. So why don't we chat about it? What you got going on? How's, how, how do you feel about it? I mean, I'm enjoying it. I can definitely feel the uh, team being more experienced for, on this game versus Until Dawn, mm-hmm. just because especially with besides this, they also did their Dark Anthology set of games, which... Right. As far as I'm aware, still missing one because it was supposed to be a four set, but they only ever released three. I don't know if they plan to go back to that fourth one at some point. But they definitely got some experience from doing those as well because in this one they have uh, a narrator returning, which they did throughout all of those dark anthologies, which the narrator was always a great piece in each chapter, just sort of be, which was a nice touch because he was just sort of there. It's just like, uh, run you back through whatever you've done slightly and hint at, and then hint at some other things possibly coming up in the next chapter for you, which could screw you over or not, depending on how you thought about it. Mm -hmm. But you talking about the atmospheric thing, it definitely has that atmosphere really quick, especially with, uh, if you go into the options, as long as you downloaded it, you can add cinematic filters. Oh yeah. Yeah. It came, yeah. It came, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I downloaded that. I haven't used it yet, but yeah, I'm playing with the 80s horse, so it's a VHS tape. That actually sounds pretty dope, honestly. So it's, all, it's got that freaking grid. And yeah, I yeah. For you, is the game uh, boxed in, like done in widescreen? Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's widescreen. We didn't know if that was, because I was streaming this to a group of people on Discord, so we didn't know if it was widescreen just because I did the 80s film thing. Mm. So it has that VHS VHS tape look or if that was just the game in general right, right so so I mean it definitely has that atmosphere because all three filters fits with it regardless of where you are in the game yeah yeah um here's a question for you because like just doing the only the prologue for me this is kind of the vibe that I got where it's like okay yeah I can kind of see some inspiration and stuff like now that you're like what five chapters in you said I think I've completely played four chapters and okay I'm getting a chapter five um this game to me gives me like some big vibes of like Friday Thirteenth. Like it was kind of inspired. Like there were some inspirations there. Like I'm not saying it's inspired off Friday Thirteenth, but there's definitely some inspirations there. Do you kind of agree to that or disagree? Now that you since you're further, I mean, it definitely has inspiration from those type horror films. I would not say Friday the Thirteenth specifically. Okay, but it's got definitely got themes from those slasher films and whatnot. But it definitely also has a bit of uh, inspiration from more modern teen horror films as well a bit here and there just with how some of the stuff is going and whatnot. Um, it is definitely much di- different vibe compared to Until Dawn, which is a good thing in my opinion. Yeah. Because Until Dawn, I would definitely say had that harder Friday the 13th vibe of there was this ever ominous presence up until it revealed the Wendigos. <clears throat> right. And everything. Um I just know playing the prologue, I was just getting like some hard like Friday thirteenth two thousand nine vibes, which also for the record is the best Friday thirteenth movie. You can fight me about it. I stand on I'll die on that hill. But anyway, continue with your thoughts. All right, because um, I mean, as of sort of that ominous theme and whatnot, as of all the chapters I've had, that was probably the hardest one with the whole interaction in the woods and everything with the prologue. Mm. I do. <laughs> I do enjoy the weird, the way they've decided to do the tutorials. Oh, with like the like the um, yes. little cartoony look, or whatever. Yeah, because whenever a tutorial hits John, it has only on the first on 
necessary ones. Does it actually force you to watch them? Most of them, you get a choice whether you want to go watch it. It pops up like a safety tip because, of course, it's a bunch of teenagers, so they're running their counselors at a summer camp. So it's sort of those old-style animated, hey, everybody, don't do this while out in the woods and all that kind of crap. Think of like a, also like a yeah. Fallout. Yeah, yeah that, Fallout yeah, style. That's, yeah. that's kind of where my brain went. Yeah, yeah, it's like Fallout is what yeah, I thought. Yeah, because the first one you see is with QTEs, mm-hmm. and it's just like, now watch out, there's many things in there. Speaking of with the QTEs, um, what did you pick this up on, Xbox? Yes. Okay, I picked it up on Xbox as well. And, you know, since I'm, I've, I've played Until Dawn so many times on, on the PlayStation, like, mm-hmm. the QTEs for the control stick, every time the, the symbol pops up, my brain auto, keeps automatically defaulting circle button. <laughs> I'll try to hit B, and I'm like, oh, shit, no, it's a control stick. Well, you're going to fuck up a lot. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to get the hang of it Luckily, quickly. I don't have that issue because I switch consoles so much, so my brain just right. naturally reconfigures. Um, I'm jealous of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't remember what chapter shit goes down and until dawn, but as of chapter going into chapter five, shit's already happened. Shit is already going down. When did it actually really start off? Uh, it started laying the lines at the end of chapter two hmm. and chapter four shit was going down. Okay. Like I've already seen the creature mm. at this point in chapter four. Mm. Okay. Don't know what the fuck it is. But you've seen it. I've seen it. It's fucked somebody up already. Mm. So, I mean, overall, I'm enjoying it, especially with having a group who's also doing the party watch thing. So Mm -hmm. it's very enjoyable and all that fun stuff. I do want to say that at this point in time, I feel like this one is very much more of a cinematic experience versus Until Dawn, which was more of a playable experience. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like... I've been watching a lot more cutscenes and having just choices and then a couple control interacting moments versus Until Dawn where you had a controlling moment. You had to like explore an area. Right off the bat after yeah. the prologue playing as, uh, I forget which one you're playing as, either Chris or uh, what's her name. I forget uh, the blonde girl's name now at this point. Yeah, I forgot her name It's been too. a while since I played Until Dawn. Where you explore that, uh, the yeah, the woods up to the ski lift, whatever. yeah, up to yeah. the ski lift and everything, and then also like with uh, the worst part of Until Dawn with Mike with the asylum. Yes, God, that was the worst. Yeah, like for the most part, I've only had a couple, uh, like the mission, immediate chapter after prologue, and then a few other moments, but none of them have been terribly long. Besides that first interactive one, and then mostly it's been cutscenes, QTEs, and just choices, which. I mean, it's fine with me because it makes it much more of an interactive film versus a playable game, which I'm completely fine with for this style of game. Mm-hmm. And definitely does change the vibe and everything. Okay. Cool, cool. And which also makes me slightly understand why they said they have so many outcomes. Or it's like, a, what, 170-something? Yeah, because there is a lot of choices. Oh, that makes and sense. And just random crap. And as of now, you're at chapter five, and you I think you said uh, to us before we started that no one's died for you yet. You've managed to keep everyone alive. No one has died yet. I've definitely had opportunities to kill people. Mm, okay. And the group I'm playing this run through, we have agreed that two people are dying. <laughs> Rip those two. <laughs> so, so it being more of a, as you say, like a cinematic experience with mostly with like QTEs and choice choices that yeah you think it works better for like the group play thing like you're doing yes so it, it's 
That's kind of vibe kind I got. Of, kind of more catered to that than than necessarily like a single player experience. You could definitely experience do a single player and still have a very good in time with it. I I feel. In my personal opinion, I feel like doing a group play is much more entertaining just because it's more or less just getting a group together and sitting on a couch or something and watching a film that you have control of. Um, right. You could definitely do a single-player experience. Just yeah, but it, it, it uh, from from what you're saying, the vibe kind of seems like doing the group play with it like enhances it to yes. an extent. And Until Dawn was like that, too. Yeah, it was, yeah. And, I mean, they've definitely hammered that in with their Dark Anthology stuff because they've allowed for the multiplayer stuff and group play and uh, having everyone control a different character, yada, yada, yada. And, and that's coming to this game, too. Yes, it is in this game because online... Just not out yet, right? It's July? On, online play, they plan to have it out by no later than July 8th based on what the game... So they may have it out before then. Okay. But their latest date they plan for, at least at this time, is July 8th to have the online... Currently, you can do a couch co-op, which coming f- is actually coming from the anthology stuff where more or less everyone just gets on a couch together or streaming or whatever. Well, streaming probably wouldn't work. or And just everyone chooses a character you're controlling. You just pass one controller around. Okay. In which I actually know. I don't know if you looked at it. There is actually a mode where you play the game where it has certain decisions already made going through the playthrough, so you have no control of it. I didn't see that, no. Yeah. And... Uh, I think it was just under new game. I forget what it was called. I didn't pay too much attention to it, but it, I read it and it said some choices are determined already. So more or less, you're putting yourselves on a slight bit of rails by doing that. Hmm. And I'm curious what a run with that's going to be like. So just like until dawn, like I mean, I'm we already kind of knew this coming into it, but just from you talking about it more, just like until dawn, this game just has probably like a dumb amount of replayability. Because I mean, alone it's got all the the endings. Yes. To get to that, and then the potential of you wanting to keep yourself maybe on rails with that. There's like so much replayability right. for this. And one of the systems that they've brought back, which has been even till until dawn, but they've definitely enhanced it with uh, the anthology stuff, is their finding clues and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. The clues and whatnot, in which they actually have a difference between clues and evidence in this game, which has seen, which also helps determine what endings, because you get different lines and whatnot based on stuff you found, in which until dawn it wasn't as noticeable unless you actually found everything. Other than that, there was like a couple lines here and there, but not a whole lot. With the anthology, and I've already seen this game, is that you have actual different reactions from the characters and lines based on something you've discovered you've managed to discover or find and whatnot or and they actually have um quite a few categories of several things which will lead to something you managed to find all of them Hmm. and things like that so that's definitely been a um interesting thing and they've also implemented a couple other things like there's qt moments where it's just like it pops up in your screen it's like do you want to do it you want to do it you want to do it and even Hmm. the because it just pops up in a big red line, and it's like you can press A for Xbox, and it's just, and even the tutorial I have is just like, hey, these pop up, and you can do them, and something will happen. But it may not be a good outcome you want, so you may want to think about that. <laughs> Didn't Until Dawn have that as well? It did, but most of theirs were good outcomes. Very few of them were not good. Right. Because I remember, I remember it was literally at the beginning of the game, it kind of, it kind of, set it up about that where it's like hey you have these moments to do extra stuff but sometimes doing nothing is better yeah like and with it, the squirrel yeah the squirrel was the first example yeah so they've they've taken that aspect and just really 
taking yeah. it to a new level. A lot of the stuff that you started with until dawn, they've definitely made better and whatnot through the dark anthology games they made leading into this. All this stuff. That's why I said you can definitely tell it's a much more concrete uh, group of developers who have worked on this game with some experience behind them. Gotcha. I'm looking forward to trying to uh, trying the uh, multiplayer for it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I'm actually pretty excited to try because I mean, like just last night when I was doing the prologue, me and uh, Christina were doing it, making the choices, and that that vibe, that fun, that interaction for the game, like you're saying, is still like. Like in my opinion, like a peak experience for this game. That's how Until Dawn was. Yes. I've played through Until Dawn so many times, but just with different groups of people. And like you know, there was uh, one friend in particular who's not even a big gamer, but even he got like hardcore invested in watching this. Where uh, it's like we were out of town for work, and he asked uh, me and Nick, "Like, hey, uh, you gonna play Until Dawn after work?" It's like, yeah, it's like, I bet I'm gonna come over to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's anything like they've done the Dark Anthology stuff, um, what it is, if it's the two-player one, what it is is each person is you're both watching it. Usually, one person gains control of the character during the interaction points, but during like choices and whatnot, you each make a choice. Mm. And like, if you agree, great. If you make different choices, roll the dice. Oh, that's spicy. Um, I like that. <laughs> yeah, and then if it's like the five-player, which I think you could i don't remember man of Medane, i think you could do like the full five player online it was just literally one person took control of each character mm. and they were in charge and you're just like <laughs> <laughs> so overall Corey's uh treating you pretty well five so chapters far so in. good yeah, yeah my, I mean, my first impression was very positive and i'm looking forward i'll probably play it more tonight once we're done recording and i get this episode uploaded uh, I'll probably dive into some more of it tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. How many, uh, and I, I know you never played until dawn, but you've watched a lot of playthroughs. Is it going to be the same thing here? We're going to watch a lot of Corey playthroughs. Um, depends on how long the game ends up being. If okay. I end up watching a lot of playthroughs, but yeah, until dawn, I think I just watching playthroughs. I think I watched eight. Mm, damn. <laughs> That's a lot. And it's sort of funny because I know you're not a big horror game person, John. No, not at <laughs> all. And like uh, the group group I'm doing this watch play with, it's actually a Discord I'm in with Keontae that I mentioned before. It's like as I was playing it, and like once it finally got sort of dark and was going stuff, Keontae said at the co- it was said in chat, he's just like, I don't like horror games. It's like, good thing I'm playing, man. Just You just got to wa- deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. In, in those style games, if it was me with control, it, it'd get dark and it'd be like, walk down that. It's like, walk to walk in this dark forest or somewhere. Walk down this dark hallway. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going over. I'm staying right here until the sun comes up. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was also like, you know, I know, um, I remember you told me that you backed it on Kickstarter when the Friday 13th game was going to happen. I think you both did, right? I backed it, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, did too. I, I remember you telling me that's like when you got the game and like Jason was coming towards you, you would just like freeze and just stop and just let him kill you. Like, oh, well, but it's done. <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, that was one where like I'd be playing and it's like you turn it's like I'd I'd be like I wonder what's over there turn look see him staring at me and I'm like I'm like I'm dead (laughs) I just you know what we'll try this again later (laughs) okay okay um Corey's definitely going to be a great pickup if you've got some friends to chill with you on the couch or on discord or something like that yeah it's going to be a great it's going to be a great pick as long as you're into horror games of course um yeah, I will say going into the release, the reviews were popping. It's a solid game. Yeah, so far, uh, I think it got. I think it uh, started off with like an eighty-two on Metacritic, which is pretty solid. 
that's a good start. So, I mean, it's getting some pretty, pretty solid reviews there. Uh, let's hop over to Fire Emblem Three Hopes demo. Chat about this real quick. Um, get to play the first four chapters. Um, so, that, and it, your progress can carry over. Mm-hmm. Which you know, hey, you know, I, I'm digging this. You know, while this is the first one that, well, not first one. I did try Triangle Strategy. While this is the first one that I'm digging into and actually getting to the point where it's like, oh, well, can't play anymore. I do like the fact that we're kind of getting like a little bit more back into the era where demos are kind of coming back, you know, cause there was a brief stint where that really wasn't a thing. At least with Nintendo. Yeah. At least with Nintendo. Um, but yeah, just uh first initial thoughts on three hopes, uh, demo, how we feeling about it. I'm really enjoying it. I mean, cause Did most you finish a full playthrough. No, not yet. Okay. Yeah. Have I. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Um, you know, I'm doing the golden deer right now and I'll probably do a couple more before the game comes out here in a week or two, just to, you know, just do the other two, you know, start off with each class, whatever. Yeah. I feel like this is definitely going to be a different story because, yeah, it's, I, it's completely different universe. Well, besides that, I yeah, mean, yeah. just in because it's trying to, it's doing in the slight style of uh, how Three Houses was of you build up your class and whatnot, and you can switch class at some point, I assume. Yeah, and everything, and it has the class advantages and disadvantages and whatnot, and everything. But it's going to be more focused on the what was the second half of Three Houses because as of. On my Blue Lion run, the third chapter, I believe, it was either third or fourth, I can't remember, as it was starting, it was already, and this is after only their first mission, which already revealed that Toman's a prick, hey, he's evil, guys, get rid of his ass. Yep. Um, it was already just doing the whole uh, Fargus Kingdom thing of, um, I already forgot his name, uptight fencer guy, Felix, is that his name? Oh, yeah, Felix, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure which character you were referring yeah. to. The Fargus Kingdom, Dimitri's uncle and whatnot's already trying to take over. and. Okay, so the revolt's happening. Yeah, the revolt's okay. already happening as of Chapter 3. Okay, that's that's really interesting to me, and I was kind of curious about that because, like, in the Golden Deer route, right, that mm-hmm. I'm doing, you know, I'm now setting up for the second mission with the class. And when setting up for the mission, they made little comments where it's like there's a revolt happening in the kingdom there's a coup happening in the empire i'm just like okay this is actually pretty cool and a welcome change because like if you've never played fire among three houses chapters 1 to 11 or 1 to 12 whatever part one is is essentially the same thing but with different houses yes that's like your game does not change really in terms of story until part two so the fact that we're already at part you know the second chapter third whatever it is second or third chapter and we're already now getting into these branching storylines depending on who you pick i thought that was a neat little touch because like the moment that i think it was like Cynthia said that because like ours is the, the um whatever country clause from the Almarians, whatever they're invading the lester alliance yeah there so i'm just like and then that's when they mentioned like, oh, i need to ask Zach about that see if he's got the revolt going on or not yeah no the revolts already happened so like the stuff that sort of leads into the second part of three houses, which leads to the time skip and everything, this shit's already having right at the beginning. I'm just like, God damn, that was quick. Uh, that's actually pretty dope. And it kind of gives me hope for the rest of the game where it's like for this game, they took all of the good of three uh, houses and really amplified it where it's like they're really kind of hammering out that, yes, this is truly three different routes. Because, again, your route doesn't change until part two. And, yeah. and yeah, I mean, that's just that's just the fact of it. Because, uh, I mean, like, even going through the multiple parts, like, you will go to the multiple, like, 
areas the alliance the kingdom or an empire like in part one with the house that's not the right you know like the correct house whatever because yeah. like in a realistic world right like if you if like if you were in that world of fire emblem for real if, if you're playing empire or the golden deer besides the fact that byleth is you know so strong why the hell would you send one of them to go take care of sylvain's brother that would be a kingdom issue you yeah. know what i mean so it's stuff like that where it's just like uh you know, it's still a fun game. Love the story, love the characters, but it's like, okay, that's little niche things. But it's, so it's kind of cool to see that in this one, there it is truly three different realms. And there's also a nice touch with the three hopes is just like the immediate, immediate flip of just like, hey, Vilas was our character in three houses yep. and was a great hero. There's the immediate flip of the first thing is just like, nah, Vilas is sort of an ass. Yeah, complete <laughs> asshole. Yep. You know. See, I'm not. I'm not as far as you guys are. I like. I haven't picked my house yet or anything. Yeah. I just played a little bit this morning. Uh, one thing I, I don't know if it happened to either of you, but like when by when it showed up and was like, pick your version of Byleth. And I, it's like I, it's like I picked the same one that I had during my three, uh, three houses mm-hmm. uh, playthrough. Uh, then it, it then populated the name that I gave him in three houses. It did do yep. that to me. I, I, it's like that. That I thought was a nice touch because it, it yep. showed up. If you have saved data, yeah, it should have popped up like that. And I was like, okay, that's nice. Yeah, yeah I, because, I like seeing that because I was very confused because when I did my thing and I popped up four and I went, the fuck. I was like, no, that's my character's name. Fuck off. <laughs> I do like how in this one um, because I know it's been in like previous Fire Emblem games. Uh, you know, I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't like a hard factor and like let's say uh conquest and birthright but like um you know just some others i do like the fact that we're back to a main character who is actually vocal you know because byleth never communicated and now byleth's also communicating yeah, you know, against us. yeah yeah so i do like that uh our character what's the character shez i think Shay, yeah, yeah. Shay. i do like how there like there is actual communication it just makes it more entertaining to me uh, all around because it makes for better interactions. Because like there was like one interaction that just really cracked me up, and I, I, you know, I took a snap of it, whatever, and sent to like Jack and a couple of friends. Where it's just like he was talking to Aloise, Aloise just made some really really bad cringy Aloise joke, and she's just like, <laughs> just does this and it's just silence. And I'm just like, eh, that's a proper reaction. So the interactions are still very much there, especially with our new character Arval. I really enjoy the interactions between Arval and Shez like quite a bit. Like they, they just they just crack me up just because mm-hmm. the little stupid stuff that he says where it's like Arval's just like, you know, we made some mistakes along the way. And by we I mean you. And by a few I mean you made more than average. You know, just bullshit like that. It's just it's just funny to me. So I I am enjoying this character quite a bit. I am looking forward to seeing how Sothis is gonna play into this. That that's one thing that I am gonna be looking that forward to. That is what I'm also curious about as well, because it almost maybe seems like Sothis may not be with Byleth. Right. Because I forget exactly what Byleth says, but Byleth does note that you're fighting different after you awaken the power and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you would think with Sotha that Byleth might recognize that. Yeah. Um, I also want to shout out that I did appreciate the actual intro of the game just kind of showcasing the war again mm-hmm. or another version of the war. The one thing I, I liked about it is that you actually got to see uh, Sedith and Flane in their true states, in their true forms, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because, like, 
you know, if, if you weren't necessarily a fan of Seth and Flame, whatever, and you didn't do anything with them in Three Houses, or you know, you you didn't get their support dialogues, right? Like it's just you you didn't do it if you didn't like the characters. I mean, it's just like yeah, fuck it, I don't want to mess with you. So I mean, there's a probably a decent amount of players that didn't max out their support levels and and get to watch all the dialogues because it like it was like. I think they're a ranked dialogue where it actually reveals it that, Oh, that's who they actually are. So if like a lot of people, they just do a playthrough and let's say they don't like the characters. They'll never even know. It's like, Oh wait, they're, they're the goddesses unless you can just put two and two together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like that's the only confirmation in three houses is that there was that one support dialogue, which is their a ranked in part two, uh, where they openly admit who they are locally. So I did like how at the beginning of this game, you actually see them, as those two saints, I thought that was I thought that was pretty dope. I enjoyed that quite a bit. N- nice little touch to the lore. And for anyone who never saw that, were still very confused. That's yeah. See exactly for the people that didn't do that support dialogue thing, they were just like, "Wait, why are they there?" <laughs> so I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. I'm I'm stupidly pumped uh, for this game to come out. I'm I'm having quite a bit of fun with it right now because like the. Uh, the thing that I, I really like about it so much is kind of like what I, I saw people talking about on Twitter where it's like, this is legit like a Fire Emblem game except with Warriors, uh, you know, combat. Yeah. And that's the vibe that I get even to the point, you know, I've never played Warriors games outside the Nintendo ones. So you'd be the one to correct me and say, no, it's in all of them. But I like how like in the combat you can sit there and set the different adjacent units and have like all the same like Fire Emblem, three houses, you know, commands, the special skills and shit, you know, the combat arts and stuff. I thought, I, I, Thought it was just all nice touch all around. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I mean, that's actually a newer thing in the Warriors games. And okay. That's just a thing that they've transitioned well into Fire Emblem, which fits it well. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, super pumped to have the full release out on the 24th. Um, next up, let's chat about Sonic real quick. I'll chat about Sonic real quick. Uh, so there was a Sonic Central, which was a mess. As normal. I think the last time they did a Sonic Central, I don't even know if they still call it a Sonic Central, whatever. That one was a mess as well, where they sent it live and it fucked up and they actually had to resend it live. Mm-hmm. And it was, they didn't have to do that this time, but the moment that it actually started, it was like, it was as if the video was playing twice. Or, yeah, so like you see like them talking, whatever, and then it's like you can hear them talking, but then you can also hear them talking like five seconds ahead. So, Sega doing their best here. They're, this is this is why not every not every company needs to do a presentation. Um, but I mean, it was just it was not much. It was very lackluster. It's just like here, enjoy this clip uh, from you know the like uh, this animated clip, whatever from the uh, like the Sonic Frontiers prologue starring Knuckles, and it started like coming up, whatever, and you see Knuckles standing up by the Master Emerald, and that's it. It goes away. It's like, and that was the clip. It's like. But that that could have just passed off for a, a, a clip art at this point. Like that wasn't even a clip. What are you? What are we doing? But you could have just posted a screenshot. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> there was no. It's like prologue will come out later. I'm like, all right, thanks guys, appreciate that. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, so Sonic Central sucked. Uh, I will say for the IGN, like as they're continuing to cover this, um, I, I didn't bother to try to dig it up to see what else it said. But there were, you know, there was that Sonic Frontiers leak that we chat about earlier yeah. this year uh, that correctly guessed the name, and it, the the, it, the leak was like from early last year and this is when they said the game she's like yeah there was no way it was coming out last year whatever blah blah uh well more things from that leak uh seem to be true so we can probably go ahead and safely say that leak was 100 percent accurate because uh the director of the game commented and talked about how there is a skill tree which was one of the things that was yeah. that was leaked so that's that's cool i, I, I want to see that because one of our big concerns was like um 
it looked very tedious. So, like, you know, maybe with the skill tree, Sonic get a little bit more powerful to actually kill these villains where it's not like, oh, villain, I don't want to fucking waste my time. It's going to take me five minutes to kill it. You know what I mean? Uh, got to see a boss battle, uh, which looked pretty cool. Uh, did look pretty cool. The boss battle they showed off where it kind of really highlighted Sonic speed and just playing Sonic because it was, like, flying around the map and it has, like, basically like a giant tail that you're running on the whole time and just dodging attacks at super high speeds. Um, I've seen a couple of screw of uh, pictures that people have put out from summer game fest. Cause there is a demo there and they even have like a little speedometer over in the corner. Like it showed off the, the okay. showed off the entire uh, hub for the screen looked pretty cool, whatever. Um, but with all this as well, um, this dude, this director in the most casual way, right at the end of the interview, started talking about Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 3. It's just like, just, and everyone's comments like, this man really just dropped that that bombshell. Like, it was just so <laughs> casual. <laughs> Where he's just like, yeah, I would really like to make another adventure game. And he's just like, yeah, everything that we've learned here with Frontiers, I would love to apply that to a new adventure game one day. And everyone's like, wait, 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 wait. Can you repeat that? Like, it was literally like the last, like, 60 seconds of the interview. He just drops it like it's nothing. So that that is pretty cool for the possibility that they've at least explored the idea of a Sonic new sonic adventure as i feel like they should but i I, one thing that i will say is like if they want to explore that avenue they better make sure that they could do it like legit because like that like sonic adventure 3 it's like putting that out that title out there oh we're making sonic adventure 3 like it is much different than just oh we have a new sonic game i mean it's it's very very different you know what i mean in terms of the weight of expectations sonic adventure 06 Look, man, I like Sonic 06. If they remade that game with the proper justice that it deserves, it'd be it a great won't. game. I know, and it won't, and it probably shouldn't because of the the weight that that Your game best, carries to the franchise. One lonely guy who's hey, remaking hey. the game from ground up. Praise Sonic, to him. Yes, praise to him. Sonic P06 looks awesome. I will not lie there. Um, but no, uh, I, I will say that one thing that I thought was very interesting where it's like that's a very odd approach because – you kind of shot yourself in the foot. It's apparently like the clips that we've seen so far from IGN is from an early build that was confirmed. It's like, why would you show that? Because we've seen what's happened now where everyone's like, this game sucks, delay it. I'm even in that boat if that's what it looks like. That's interesting, yeah. But like, the thing is as well, like I saw, um, I don't remember his name, but he's one of the guys who's currently on like uh, the new version of X-Play today, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he got a chance to play the demo at Summer Game Fest, and he says the, the controls are stupidly smooth, and it feels so fun to play. So, like, from people that have gotten a chance to play the demo at Summer Game Fest, apparently it's awesome. But then you show off this early build that's got the backlash that you've got. It's really interesting why they would do an early build video yeah. versus something more recent. Maybe it's just because they're, they're showing it off at Games Fest to people that are there already. Exactly. My only guess is maybe they're just like, they're like gun shy because they all, it's like let's set the expectations really low and <laughs> give them the early build. They could they could be setting the expectations low, or they it's like they might have only focused on getting the demo ready. Yeah, trying true. to get it there, and then it, it's like when it was time to like basically package the demo so it was good to go. They went, oh fuck, we forgot to sh- <laughs> we forgot new videos. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I it, it, I'm still looking forward to this game, but I, if I mean, I, I'm just I'm going by just what people are saying. I mean, if if the, everything they're saying is true about the demo, it, it gives me a lot more excitement for this game later this year versus what we've seen at IGN. Yeah. 
I'm also excited for the possibility of a Sonic Adventure 3, but I'm horribly terrified of that possibility. I will say the one thing that I would love to come out of anything, like if they made a Sonic Adventure 3, I know they won't do it, but they need to capitalize on it, and it's a shame they haven't capitalized on it anyway, is they should make a mobile game for the Chow Garden, and that just strictly be a mobile game. That would be awesome. I, mean, I would I would play the shit out of that. I love, the would, yeah. I love the Chow Garden. Chow Garden's great. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the Chow Garden on Sonic Adventure 2. So that would be pretty cool. Um, all right, let's uh, let's hop over to Mario Strucker's Battle League because I have played. See, here's the sad part, guys. <laughs> Is it though? Here's the sad part. I've played two hours of this game, and I feel like I can talk about everything about this game. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be on par with yep. every other Mario sports game that gets released. Yep, it's it gets released. Have fun with your two hours of content. Yep. We'll see you in a year. And what's worse is I feel like out of the, this is now the third one we've had on the Switch. In my opinion, this is the worst one that we've had <sighs> in terms of content. Because let me stress this, guys. Like, I'm not going to say it's as, as far as this because they're obviously they're two very different games and two different levels of entertainment. But there's like some Halo Infinite vibes there where it's like, dude, the game is so damn good, but there's just nothing there. You know what I mean? Because that's the, like the gameplay itself, the core gameplay they have made is a lot of fun. I mean, you just get in there, beat the shit out of everyone. It feels good. All the mechanics feel great. The passes, the jump passes, whatever, the lobs, everything, the super strikes, all feels super great. Uh, visually, it's pretty dope. But it's just like, Man, dude, there's just nothing there. There is just nothing there. Because at least with, like, tennis and golf, at least there was, like, that single-player mode you could do, you yeah. know? This doesn't have that. Your single-player mode is just doing quick play versus computers or just doing the cups where you just play against a couple teams. That's your single-player mode. Like, and what's what's so baffling to me is, you know, obviously I haven't tried this personally with anyone. I don't need to. I've gotten enough word of mouth of how it is online. But, like, if you want to go play online, right, and let's say, you know, it's a 4v4 setup, right, and let's say all three of us had the game. Let's say maybe Andy too, and all four of us wanted to play. We couldn't play together. That's interesting. If you go online, you can only have a party of two. That's it. That's Which makes no sense to me. That is so baffling that it's a 4v4 and you can't go online with more than just one friend with you. Now, see, if you're playing locally, now this is where the game will shine. Is that if That's you, what I was about to ask. Is if, if you're local, can you? Yes. Do, Which, you, do, that, you, do you have to all play on the same Switch or is it like local? If you're, if you're local, you can actually have up to eight players on one Switch. Eight Joy Cons on one Switch and play this game locally. So, like, if you know, if you've got like, let's say, like, you know, a bunch of friends that hang out all the time, whatever, you know, like a weekly thing, or maybe you got like a bunch of siblings or something. Yeah, this game would be dope for you because you can all play on one Switch. But if you're doing online, you can still you can you can do it where it's like you know two friends, two friends. But the the way they have it set up is that you can it's only like two switches on a team not four switches so like zach if you came over here and me and you went online and you know when you had it as well let's say you and jared for example was you know you two we could play it that way where we were playing like me and you at my house on my switch and you and jared at your house on your switch then we could have a team of four but we can't have four switches on one team of all of us being friends that makes and i I, again i haven't tried this but i've seen enough word of mouth of everyone online who has and it baffles me that this is how they've made the game especially because like as you guys can agree all the promotional material for this game was so focused on online play the club mode the seasons all like oh that was the focus of the promotional material, but you can't play online. Nintendo still in 2022 
manages to surprise <laughs> us with how they do not understand online play. Dude, it's, it's just... something different every time a game comes out. Dude, I just don't, I don't get it. And here's what also... We want you to make these soccer clubs with all your friends so yes. you can all friend and dominate the leaderboard. Yes. But you can only do it two person at a time. And, like, me. your clubs go up to 20 people. Like, what the man but you can only play with one friend at a time in a party you got to start making those club alliances and just start teaming up and be like all right we're we're gonna team up we're gonna take out those clubs man like i just don't get it dude i really don't and like here's also the thing about the whole club thing like the game released you know friday but the the first season doesn't even start for 10 days like bro (laughs) what are we doing like i don't get it (laughs) preseason alex people got to get in that practice man i like i said the core game fun everything about the else the game dude this is the most barren game that they've released so far of sports games and there's two things about this that's very unfortunate number one we're now three for three on content releases for these sports games right of where they come out barren this gives me no hope for a baseball one and that's the one that i've wanted the most because i love the sluggers games but this gives me no hope for a baseball game i'll still buy it day one because i'm a nintendo simp and I love the baseball Mario games, but I have no hope for the game. Yeah, they pull off Wii Sports without issue. Right? I don't know. And, or but, Switch Sports, not Wii but Sports. But here's the other thing, and I didn't even think about this, because this applies to Aces and Golf, and now this one as well. This I, Someone else pointed this out in a video I watched today, and I'm like, shit, yeah, that's a good fucking point. Is like, you guys got to think about it. Like, how barren this game is, that's the game in 20 years. Because all the extra stuff they're going to come out with, you're not going to be able to get it. So, like, you know, I, I, I just picked up Strikers for the GameCube recently. Yeah. I think you did as well, right? Not Strikers. No. Okay. Well, I picked up Strikers for the GameCube recently. I could still pop that in, have all this great content, have an awesome time. And, and you know, that's why it's like it's heralded as such a great game. You know, it's 20 years later. We can still pick it up and have a great damn time. But think about it. Like, this game in 20 years, maybe some people want to go back to it. There's nothing to the game. You can't get, like, the extra characters because the base cartridge is not going to have it. Correct. So, so I didn't even think about that, you know, with the previous two sports games till like someone mentioned it today. I'm like, damn, that's a good point. Now, I, I, this gives this is just unfortunate. That, and I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is about this. This is ridiculous to me. It's just those cash grabs. It is, man. And unless you're like a hardcore Strikers fan that just really wants to just play Strikers nonstop, just don't buy this game. Just wait for it to go on sale. Wait for it for a year from now when other characters come out. Because, like, you know, they, they've done a lot of stuff right. Like, I feel like the customization is pretty dope. You know, there's not much, like, in terms of gear. Like, you know, there's only like four pieces of gear per type, you know, gloves, you know, shoes, whatever, whatever. But, I mean, it, like, the, the customization is pretty cool because you can just adjust all the stats for everyone and, like, make Toad even faster, Donkey Kong even stronger, you know, kind of bounce it out where you add speed to Donkey Kong. You can't make them super fast, but get them faster. Like, the customization is cool. Like, I, I do like that quite a bit, but... Man, the game is barren as shit. So, two hours, I played everything. It's unfortunate. Fun game, though. <sighs> and what also kills me is that it's still made by the same studio who made the first two. I want to stress that, too. Next Level Games. Oof. Yeah, who also made Luigi's Mansion 3 and Luigi's Mansion 2. Like, they've made a lot of great games for Nintendo, right? Uh, Metroid... Federation Force, that one's kind of like, eh, not Metroid fans isn't the biggest fan of that one, but they've made some pretty notable games for Nintendo, and then you you do this. You drop a turd on the table. Oh, well, it is what it is. All right, let's uh, finish up our talking points here um, with Xbox Showcase. Um, 
Normally, this probably wouldn't be on our show because of just our normal release schedule. But since this episode is coming out literally the day that we're recording it, it is in time for the prediction uh, for the showcase tomorrow on Sunday. And my, I will say my first initial impression going into tomorrow, and I really wish, I I really wish I could reel it back in. I really, really do. But I I will admit I'm going in with very high expectations of this show. Why? From a lot of things I've been hearing. I've been hearing a lot of chatter about this show. Because you also have to think, like, at this point, Xbox is melded in this year. So we're going to see a lot of dope stuff that would be 2023 and potentially beyond. We'll see. And plus, it's a lot you of hope. up. To, yeah. I, I, I do think this is going to be an absolute banger of a show. And I'll go ahead and say I think it's going to be the best show of the of this period. It will be better than Nintendo Direct that comes out. It will definitely be better in Summer Game. This will be the best show that we'll have, in my opinion. Eh, and then cut to tomorrow when yep. we talk about it. He's going to be the disappointed. Oh, that show was Come like on, a you, solid D. Like it just didn't have anything there. You're saying it's you're predicting it's going to be better than the Nintendo one, man. Nintendo this time of year. Nintendo's the only N- people N- who haven't called it in this year. It's like Nintendo yeah. is the only one that at this time every year everybody's fucking raving about afterwards. It's like the oh. other ones; they get they get a good one every three years. Nintendo, it's a fucking banger every year. Yeah, shoot, Nintendo's gonna have time to flex and go like, by the way, our movie's coming out on Christmas. No, I got <laughs> delayed. Oh, did it get delayed? Yeah, it's delayed next year. Oh damn, yep. I didn't hear that. Yeah, with this, you're gonna get all excited about these 2023 games, and then Nintendo's gonna come in and go 2022. Bitch. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. I, I'm excited for both. You know, like uh, like what you just said, they haven't even announced it, whatever yet. But I mean, Nintendo, like when it comes to their direct, it's usually like the day before, two days before. Hey, there's a direct in like two days. Yeah, yeah. it's like get ready. It'll just it'll just be like a tweet will come out. Nintendo Direct tomorrow, 11 a.m. Yep, because they don't let pe- they don't give it time to build hype. They just go, here it is, show up. Yeah, the only times they ever let it build hype is at when it when it's been E three, they'll mm-hmm. announce it a week prior, but that's it. Yeah. But yeah, I would I would keep an eye on Twitter uh, Monday and Tuesday because that'd be one of those days they would announce it if it's happening this week. Because it's also the possibility it just doesn't happen this week. <laughs> like, that's that's a real like Nintendo could just say, eh, we'll wait till the end of the month. We'll wait I mean, till July. That guy after he screwed up and sent out those emails on accident, Nintendo's like, man, eh, fuck it, man, dude. I'm telling you, I, I heard some more info about that as well where uh, people found out who he was, who the content creator was. Um, and, like, there was, a, you know, the video I sent you guys from RGT, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he, he made another video about it because, you know, Neil White obviously got revealed at Summer Game Fest. And he said that he actually was reached out by three different uh, gaming publishers that thanked him for that video and asked him who the content creator was so they could blacklist him. Oof. Yep. Wow. Yep. So, like... And, and some other rumors and some other conversations that I've, I've kind of followed about that topic, that whole situation, is that Neon White wasn't even supposed to be at Summer Game Fest, but apparently the word is that Nintendo was breathing the fuck down their neck because of what happened. So basically they just went and pulled a favorite old Jeff Keighley, and Jeff's like, yeah, I'll help you out. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard. If so, shout out to Jeff. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, just general kind of predictions, um, you know, how, how we feeling going into tomorrow. Uh, you know, like I said, I do think it's going to be a banger of a show. In terms of what we're going to see there, obviously Starfield is one of the main ones. We will see Starfield. Um, I don't think we'll see Redfall. You know, that did get delayed out, whatever. But I feel like there wasn't enough hype and kind of conversation behind it to begin with 
where I feel like, you know, hey, it's just delayed. We'll see it later sort of thing. I don't think it'll be at this this presentation. I mean, I could see them doing another just cinematic trailer just for the hell of it if just they really remi- want to. remind you what it is. Like, yeah. hey, this is a thing. Because, <laughs> I mean, it is going to be Microsoft and then Bethesda-focused. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a Bethesda project. So, I feel like there's a chance that we're going to see at least something from every Bethesda project currently. Hell, yep. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something for Fallout Shelter again in this. I do like yeah. some Fallout Shelter. I, th- I think I'm going to stick with what I said previously, where it's like Starfield is is absolutely happening. I think they're leading the show with it because... Just I go mean, ahead and get out of the it, way. It's your big one. Everybody knows it's there. Just go ahead and talk about it. You cannot end another show with Starfield. Especially it, since it got delayed. It's like you cannot end another show with it, which is why I'm, a st- I'm, I'm sticking with Fable as the ending show. See? I'm, I'm sticking with it as... I do think we'll if, see something fable if, if tomorrow. They're, if they're bringing it in, they got that's going to be their big hitter, right? They don't. I don't think they have anything else that's going to top. See, it. here's my other. Th- here's my thing about fable would be a nice one, but I don't. There's we. It's just been radio silent. I mean, there's always a chance it comes up, but it's just been radio silent. The thing that I'd be curious to see as a show closer, since we did just see a title reveal, Dragon Age, Dreadwolf. Hmm. I I do think I think that will be talked about. It's like I could definitely see it being talked about, but I don't know. I I know both Bethesda and Microsoft. They like their closers, yeah, to to be like first party. They're first like, party. Yeah. They're like uh, with this one, you weren't, you didn't, you didn't expect this one to be there, or we just haven't talked about it. You thought we forgot. I mean, so, I feel you there. I mean, it's like I wouldn't be surprised by by something Dragon Age being there just as a kind of like a show of like hey we finally talked about it let, let us actually show you something now or let us t- tell you a little more about it because i mean i assume bioware would be hopefully at this show uh, i can always assume um dragon age and maybe hear something again from the fourth or fifth mass effect game i think that one's going to be on uh, the shelf for a little bit i feel feel it will be too but i mean can always hope yeah um, here's a, here's a thought that someone threw out there. This isn't anything that I had like, Oh my God, I've heard these rumors about just an, I just an idea that was kind of thrown out, uh, to kind of, uh, bridge the gap. Uh, because obviously with elder scrolls, uh, six, we are years away. I yeah. mean, it's like 2025, 2026, but what do you guys think about, uh, maybe doing a remaster of like oblivion or Morrowind oblivion is the one that where I saw this, uh, conversation kind of talked about, I feel like that's something they could do just to kind of bridge the gap, you know, like, Hey, it's going to be a while here. Enjoy this in the meantime. I feel like if they were going to do one, oblivion would probably be the better choice. I mean, Morrowind has its fan base as well, but oblivion definitely led to getting us the systems that we currently have. Yeah. I would love an Oblivion remaster because I'm one of the people that still prefer Oblivion over Skyrim, personally. But even with those two still being super... I could even see maybe a combo set of a remaster Oblivion and upscaled Morrowind. Mm. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think it would be Morrowind. Kind of kind of like what yeah. Max saying. It's like, it's it's got... I think it has the more passionate following. That's true, but it's it's the smaller following. Whereas Oblivion, like when you when you talk about Elder Scrolls games, it, like everybody has their, or most people will talk about like Oblivion being the game that really drug them into it. Yeah, it's like I didn't play Oblivion a whole lot, but that it's like that wasn't any fault of the game. Mm. It's like that was just 
it, it was one that I had and then get was distracted by all my other games at the time. Sure. So it, it if it did come out as like a remaster or something like that, that would it's like I could go back and I would go back and play it for sure. Mm-hmm. But of the two two of those, that one makes more sense. Right. Uh, still just talking about Bethesda here. Uh, do you think we'll get to see anything on this Indiana Jones project? Because like, we still haven't seen anything about it. Like, do you think this is the time to show something, or is it going to possibly be another time? I mean, depending on where their other projects is, I mean, this would be a good time for just to do like, a reveal trailer. I don't think we would see anything concrete about it. Mm-hmm. If we did see anything concrete about it, it would be very surprising. But at the very least, maybe a reveal trailer. Yeah, maybe like a little 10, 15 second, like here's the... Here's what it is. Here's the logo. Yeah, it's here's like, kind of what you can like, what it's about. Here's like a cinematic overgrowth, like a temple or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, pulling away, I just like to throw out one. One I'd like to see more on would be Outer Worlds Two. Yeah, it's been a while since we've heard. It was any the last uh, E3. Okay, yeah, is when they first announced, and we got that. Yeah, twenty. <laughs> it was twenty nineteen E3. Yeah, that's yeah. we got that super meta trailer for it. That's right, yeah. It was e- it was either E3 or Game Awards. I can't remember. It might have been Game Awards. Yeah, I can't remember either. Uh, I will also say this, just so we squash this for anyone that you know listens to the show pretty regularly. Whatever we, you know, I chat about that uh, possible Gears of War collection. Nope. Yeah, that seems to not do. It doesn't even exist. <laughs> like that is not a thing apparently. So big rip on that because that'd be super cool. I do think there's a possibility that we see something Gears at this show. I'm standing by that where it'd just be like a Gear Six reveal or it's just a, a title card. You know, it's more stuff for Gears Pop. The mobile game. Oh yeah, yeah, but that collection is uh, dead or never existed to begin with. Yeah. And then, like as far as Bethesda goes, Elder Scrolls Six, toss that shit out the window. Yeah, right now. no, no chance. It's I like, mean, except not, except maybe like if they did a remaster yeah. or something, Todd Howard be like, we're working on e- on ES, you know, ES Six, but uh, we don't have anything. Enjoy this. Yeah, it's like <laughs> if anything, it'll be a mention like that, yep. or like I said previously, where all it would be is. A fly-in like we got previously, and we would get the name. Yeah, it's like we would get Elder Scrolls Six sub name. Yeah, and that would be it. I mean, would, if we're gonna get anything Elder Scrolls, it would probably be ESO related for the next expansion. It would be, which is what like High Rock or something. I don't, I don't remember. Okay, I don't keep up with ESO, but I know they have another expansion planned. Yeah, I mean, yeah, ES Six is completely out the window because they're gonna want all the hype levels on Starfield. So, like, again, if they do any, if they even acknowledge ES6, it's just going to be because, like, if, if maybe they did a remaster. Like, that's it. I mean, because their focus is on Starfield. Um, outside of Bethesda, uh, we, let's chat about Rare real quick because there's a couple things about Rare we can chat about. Uh, do we think we'll see Everwild here? Because there was a lot of conversation that Everwild had to, like, get completely rebooted. Because, like, if you guys remember, it was, like, the gameplay was... They, they were trying to build it where there was almost, like, no combat. Yeah. Something really stupid. They had to reboot the entire game, like a Prime 4 situation. Do you think we could possibly see anything Everwild here? Because I'm going to uh, say no. Hadn't been long enough. Yeah, I agree. Now, here's the here's a question, though, for you boys. All of these leaks and stuff involving a GoldenEye remaster, is it going to be here at this show or is it going to be at Nintendo? Because here's a little fun fact for you: the GoldenEye like remaster or remake in this case, I think yeah, I think it's a remake, was supposed to happen like years ago, but Nintendo pulled out at the last second, and that's why it never happened. So you know, Nintendo does have a lot of leverage in this game, even though the IP is owned by Rare, which is owned by Microsoft. But Nintendo is one of the one of the publishers; like they have a lot of power in this. Do you think GoldenEye could be revealed here or at a Nintendo showcase? 
games that games that will be with Nintendo, but like feature on other platforms. That Nintendo is usually the last one to do their showcase, no matter what time of year it yep. is. They're usually pretty good about letting other people reveal it and then doing the big in-depth during their show. That's what I was going to say because I was going to say, if we do see it, I would see it and they would show it off in the Microsoft showcase and we'd see a gameplay or something yeah. or another yeah. at the Nintendo. It's like Nintendo would talk about it and then their like, treehouse thing that they always do yeah, afterwards yeah. would be about that. Right. Um, I, I, I can agree to that. Uh, I feel like seeing this GoldenEye remake or whatever, I think it was, I want to say it was remake, not remaster. I, I think it will be at this showcase because we saw all the achievements leak online. Like they got updated early on the achievement, whatever website, whatever mm-hmm. it's called. So this is, this is real. Like it exists. It's just a matter of when it's going to come out. I feel like tomorrow could be the day it gets revealed. Uh, or if it doesn't get revealed tomorrow, apparently the anniversary for GoldenEye is in September. Mm-hmm. So it could be just revealed there instead. Um, now another thing involving rare that i have seen a lot of chatter about these past few days is that something banjo will be there tomorrow uh don't know what don't know if it'll be a kazooie you know and tui like remasters like upscaling it or something don't know if it's gonna be that don't know if it'll just be a simple like you know new banjo kazooie in development or i no idea but something banjo will apparently be there uh rhythm game something banjo will be there uh, no, I've seen I've seen a lot of conversation from uh, a couple of like game developers and stuff that I follow, where they you know like uh, one of them being uh, like MVG for example, modern vintage gamer. He flat out says, "Look, I'm not an insider. I don't try to be an insider. I'm just a game developer." But for like the last year, I've heard a lot of people chatting about banjo that something banjo is in the works, and uh, there was the, this thing recently where it's. <laughs> It's just so stupid, and when I saw it, I'm like, that is the dumbest thing ever. But it's like, now I look at it, I'm like, is it the dumbest thing ever, though? Is it, um, you know, people, like, like to track, you know, everything Phil Spencer does with his game, whatever. Yeah. And uh, just it was about a month ago. He randomly got on Banjo-Kazooie, played 37 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Got one single achievement of Get Jiggy. Got off the game. Hasn't played it since in a month. So everyone's like, is something Banjo coming? Is that a hint? Because, I mean, Phil Phil does do shit like that because anytime, like, Phil is on the screen, you know, in his office, everyone pauses it and looks all around his decorations because he usually puts stuff up as hints. Yeah. He's done that before. So maybe something Banjo is actually going down because, yeah. like, I've heard a lot of chatter that, yes, something Banjo will be at this show. It's just a matter of what is it going to be. No one knows. Imagine he wants to do that gag and he logs in, he plays it, and he gets the wrong achievement. <laughs> Dude, right? It's like he gets the... the, the the achievement is wrong. He's like, how do, how do I get them to take this you off? Know, so the you know way. he has multiple trial accounts where he does that shit. Yeah, but still, it's like you could tr- you can do trial runs all you want to. When it comes down to doing the final one, everybody can fuck it up. <laughs> That's true. No, I, I will say I feel like for the Banjo franchise that has obviously been dormant since 2008 – uh, minus, you know, just rare replay releases, other releases, whatever. You know, now uh, the NSO releases. Shit, like, I need another Camino game. Be quiet. You talking about the Elements one? Yeah. Be quiet. <laughs> Fuck you, Mr. <laughs> Sonic 06. Yeah, I was about to say, you, you've gone on multiple rambles about Sonic 06. You can, you can sit back in your chair for a minute and let the man talk. <sighs> No, I feel like the best thing for Banjo would just to be like and do a very clean, justified remaster of Kazooie and Tui, regenerate some hype for the franchise again, you know, kind of get it back on track, whatever, and then look to do maybe the fabled Banjo 3 that they were working on before 
shit kind of hit mean, the fan. I mean, that could work, but I mean, uh, when you saying that, I would like to point out to uh, Crash Bandicoot and the Crash Trilogy, and then the reception that was Crash Four. I mean, that is true. Well, Crash Four, you know, started to pick up in terms of sales and reception stuff once it finally released a Switch later on. Switch effect, you know, strikes again. Where it, lo- it raised a lot of questions, like, man, just imagine what this game could have done if it just released on the Switch immediately instead of releasing like a year later, you know, or whatever bullshit it was. But, um, yeah, but that is that is a valid point. That is a valid point to be considered. And I can only hope that since Banjo's going to come back, Conquer and come back at some point. But I know it won't. That's a dead one. The, the uh, have you guys seen the last attempt at a Conquer game? Nope. It was in 2016. It was called Young Conquer, and it was an abomination. When you get a chance, just look it up because it is an abomination. Like, oh, was it something that actually came out? No, it was something that they, that they showed off and was going to come out. I don't. I want to say it was supposed to be like a connect game, maybe. I don't know, but like, think of like how bad Sonic's original model looked for the movies, and amplify that by ten. That's what Conquer looked like. Like it was a, an abomination, and it it got canned so quick after they showed it off. Like, and they were you know showing off. They showed off the game like, oh, this is what we're gonna get. It got canned very quick after that because of how bad the reception was. <laughs> So Conker's dead, but it is what it is. Um, so some other things here is I've also I've now I've heard about this like the past year, um, and I think we chatted about it at one point in time. But apparently, one versus one hundred could potentially make a comeback, which I would love. That I loved one versus one hundred. That was some good times in the three sixty. I mean, that would be a very interesting. I love one versus one hundred. So you put that in there. I didn't. I didn't realize you were actually saying one versus a hundred. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. I mean, we've heard about this for that. Yeah. They have something in the works, whether it's a new one versus one hundred or it's going to be something of trivia based like that. Oh man, that was that was one of the most ridiculous things I that they it. ever did. But it. I was, mean, it was. It was such a great dumpster fire, dude. It was amazing. I mean, it worked out very well. It for did. Them. Dude, that that like in that era, whatever, that was like the hardcore Halo Three era for me. That was the only thing that could immediately make me jump off Halo Three. I'm sitting there playing the game and I get the notification, you know, one first one hundred is about to start in fifteen minutes. All right, guys, I gotta go. <laughs> it's like I gotta go jump in one v one hundred. Yeah, I think I think there were multiple times we were we were playing and it's, yep. like, it's like oh, it's happening. We'll be back after this. We, <laughs> yeah. we go jump out. Yep. to get into it. Yeah, no, we could see maybe something uh, involving that tomorrow. That is a possibility. I've, I've heard a lot of chatter about it the last year. And, uh, you know, one thing to also kind of add into the mindset of like, hey, this, yeah, this could be really possible. Uh, I've got it in our weekly wrap-up, but there was um, the the confirmed partnership between Xbox and Samsung, something that we've chatted a lot about before, that Xbox is looking to try to get something native on a smart TV or maybe even – TVs would come packaged with an Xbox controller. So we'll see if that happens with Samsung. I don't know. But, you know, now Samsung TV, smart TV is going to have Xbox app already like pre-installed in TVs. Like a one versus 100 would be a dope game just to sit there and just like, you know, queue up with your family or whatever yeah, on your TV. Would. So, I mean, I, I do think that this is actually a real possibility. Uh, but also shout out to that um, Xbox and Samsung thing. That's one that we have followed for like a year now. That we've been following. Yeah, the, the, that there's been hints about it. Yeah, throughout that the year. they've been working on it and working on it. It's just who was going to be the TV. I think at one point we chatted about LG being yep. the possibility. But so, shout out to that one. It feels good to see something come full circle, you know, because there's a lot of stuff. Because I remember you telling me it was one of your friends or family or whatever was listening to like all of our old episodes. I feel sorry for that person. Uh, <laughs> where they're just like, hey, did anything come out of this? No. Nope. <laughs> so it's nice to see something came out of something for once. Let's go. Um, 
I imagine Hellblade will probably be there tomorrow. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen anything on Hellblade 2. Um, Contraband. That was one that was revealed, I think, last um, last year. Yeah, it was last year. And it was just like a title card, and that's it. We have no yeah, idea really what the game is. It was just a cinematic is. title card. I mean, all we got was it's supposed to be a co-op-based game, co-op-focused game. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, apparently, there's a Minecraft RTS in the works. That's something I've heard. Yeah, I've heard a lot about that, too. So we'll see about that one. And then th- any third-party stuff. I imagine Plague Tale will be there for sure um, because I've seen some uh, stuff where Plague Tale Requiem is actually going to be a day-one release on Game Pass. Okay. So I imagine something Plague Tale will be there. Maybe Arc 2. Uh, that was revealed... Last year. Yeah, sometime last year. And then maybe finally Sea of Thieves. It's still set to be... It, yeah, I mean, Ubisoft says it's coming out this fiscal year. Granted, we all kind of chat about that where we think they're just going to kind of slide it in. Not Sea of Thieves, sorry. Um, <laughs> Me and John uh, both like, the fuck you mean Sea of Thieves? I was like, he messed that one up. Yeah, I did. Zach noticed uh, you mean Skull and Bones? Thank you, Skull and Bones. Thank you. Yeah, Skull and Bones. That's still set to come out in this fiscal year, even though we still think they're just going to kind of like slide it in and ride at the end and just like, all right, it's out. And it's I mean, they might on. as well because they've definitely missed their zone for that to really pop they off. Missed yeah. it by, missed it by years. <laughs> Considering that was a project Coming started up on a decade or so, yeah. Considering yeah. that was a project that was started after the reception of Assassin's Creed Four, right? No, I, I think tomorrow is going to be an absolutely phenomenal show. Uh, avowed, uh, obviously, Starfield. Apparently, Kojima is set to be there. Which I saw there were some rumors recently about his new game being currently titled Overdose. Don't know if that's just his new project or if it's that Xbox project he signed on for. You know, yeah. I, I don't know which, but apparently, he'll be there. Um, Banjo is the one that I'm, I'm gonna be very excited for if that's if that's actually true because I've I've seen a lot of chatter there. I think it'll be a great show though. I'm very I'm very pumped up for that show. I mean, I hope it's a big show and not just a focused on Bethesda projects with Microsoft. Which also speaking of that, now that you know they've bought like Activision Blizzard, which it, in my opinion is bigger than Bethesda. Like, are they gonna change the name at some point for these showcases? Like, is it gonna be like Xbox Activision Blizzard? you know, Bethesda showcase or are they just going to drop it all and it's called X because they, they, they're continuing to get so many big publishers. It's like, why does Bethesda get special privilege and stay on the showcase title? Because Bethesda is a name that people will see and go like, Oh, I'm going to watch that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Bethesda still holds like throughout, throughout, like they had some rough patches with like fallout 76 and that, but they, they still hold that like, they're going to make something that people are going to want to play. Yeah. That's fair. Whereas like Activision Blizzard, still not the best name right now. It's like people, people are still a little sour on it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't see a name like changing the name to it anytime soon. Gotcha. All right. uh, Next couple things to the weekly wrap up. One of them, actually, this is uh, pretty legit because it's, from a pretty legit news source that we like to follow here, uh, Bloomberg reported that God of War Ragnarok will be coming out this November. So that's 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 pretty massive. That is very interesting. That is pretty massive. That's from Jason Schreier himself, I believe, is who reported that. Uh, I, I want to say they have a couple of reporters for Bloomberg, but I want to say it was Jason Schreier. But that's that's massive. And I, I saw someone make a joke, just like, man, it'd be really funny if Sony released that on 11-11 since Starfield got delayed, like a middle-fingered that'd Xbox. Be fun. That would be so funny. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see that first. I think that'd be hilarious. It'd be such a middle-fingered Xbox. Uh, but no, God of War Ragnarok still apparently coming out this year. That is big, and now it's just a matter of when we're going to get that release date from Sony. Uh, there could be, you know, I know it seems kind of unprecedented, but like there actually could be another state of play this month. I've seen some talk about that, but this next one literally just be one of the, 
you know, single game focused yeah. being God of War. That is a possibility at the end of this month we could get another state of play designated to God of War. So, but yeah, um, sometime in November it released there. Uh, and then the last couple things here for the weekly wrap up, uh, both Pokemon related. Uh, the internet has unfortunately been slain. Uh, we, we tried our best, but it's not going to happen. Uh, leak from the cringe Riddler. He did say that Sprigatito will stand up in his final evolution. Yeah, so fuck you guys. <laughs> I, I, I know why you say that. It's because you with the, it's you with Litton, right? Like, I know that's I know that's how Josh feels. Josh is like, Haha, fuck you. Now you know how I felt. Yeah, fuck you. Okay, the thing is though, Cinderor is fucking badass. Cinderor is pretty cool. <laughs> you go and get a weird looking green thing. I'm gonna get apparently a uh, pokey waifu, is what the cringe riddler said. I can only hope that the duck turns into Johnny Bravo. Apparently, uh, the cringe litter said that uh, Quaxley has the the coolest evolution of the three. I just hope he turns into Johnny Bravo. That would be pretty dope. Yeah, I, w- I would enjoy that. I also want to detail more about like when he was talking about like waifu Pokemon is that like he specifically named multiple fetishes that people have. That's just like, don't worry if you have these fetishes, you're good to go. Or it's just like, if you have a fur fetish or this fetish or a lolly fetish or this or that, it's like, Hey, you're going to get a Pokemon. And everyone's just like, I appreciate the leaks, but why are you like this? (laughs) So, uh, I hate I hate that he's such I hate that he's the insider you that we have. You don't, you don't we have don't to have to these shout things. him out. You don't have to say these things. I know. I know. But here we are. You're just defeating yourself at this point. He's just saying it because he's he, like he's saying, Well, he said for these people, these people are him. That is not true <laughs> at all. <laughs> not true in the slightest. You're just highlighting it, hoping more people stand up with you. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not at all. I mean, if you're into that stuff, cool. You do you, but no thanks. Uh, and then the last little thing, I thought this was a very interesting fun fact, is that apparently when Pokemon and Green, Pokemon Red and Green was being worked on, the original vision was they wanted 650,000 different variants of the game. Which is insane. That would have been some shit. Yeah, like, uh, so the director detailed it more, or I don't know if it was the uh, the actual head director of that time or just someone who worked with it as well, is that uh, the director's vision was that every cartridge was assigned a number, essentially. So every game was going to be different in some capacity. So, like, every Pokemon that you would catch, their ID number would be designated to that game. So, oh, that would have been atrocious. Yeah, that was an actual possibility that almost happened, and everyone was trying to ring. This is the head director of the game that was wanting to do this, and everyone's just like, just two variants is fine. Just please, just two variants is fine. And that's how we got red and green. But I thought that was a nice little fun fact. I want to shout that out. All right, boys, uh, last thoughts. Uh, I think that's, every, that's everything for today's show. I'm going to turn around get this uploaded within the hour. And uh, then we got a big show tomorrow for Xbox Bethesda Showcase. Excited for that. Uh, so, yeah, last thoughts or anything we chat about today? I mean, one last thing I want to mention about the Xbox Showcase is i hoping to see some very interesting things from their indie corner that they usually do. Because we usually get quite a few interesting games from the indie developers that are under Microsoft. So Fair, fair. John, any last thoughts? No, I do, I do agree with Zach, though, because I will say during the uh, Xbox Showcases, usually their indie section, it, like two to three of those games, always end up on my like in my library that I picked up so it'll be interesting to see what we see this year yeah I'm pumped up for tomorrow's show I'm ready to talk about it ready to watch it gonna be a great time Um, I guess that's that we can hit the music and get ourselves out of here boys Ronnie last thoughts let's get out of here like comment subscribe rate whatever your platform allows it does help if you're watching on this YouTube you can hit that subscribe button to help us build that community I greatly appreciate it 
You can also hit that bell to notify you when the rest of our videos for the week come out, plus any future videos that we upload throughout the year. Thank you very much. Bye. Made it to the end of the video. Thank you very much. And hopefully uh, you'll, you'll still be, be here with us uh, for the rest of the weekend since we got another show tomorrow. Do everything they said more. Definitely come back tomorrow for episode 91 to chat about Xbox and Bethesda. 92, as long as the direct happens, 92 will be based on that direct. And I, I probably as well as the uh, Xbox showcase, the extended showcase on Monday. Probably, that will probably be episode 92. It really just depends on if the direct happens this week and how awesome the direct is. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, uh, make sure to go check out the merch store, sparky3shop.com. Uh, sign up for the website, sparky3.com. Uh, sign up for free or for five bucks a month. Support us further. Join the Discord, link down in the description below, and check out the other shows like Anime Plus, Terrible Football Show, Talk About Movie Stuff, and Spark Bark. That's it. See you guys tomorrow. Bye.